Welcome to SMSF Mate, our general advice warning. We are required to warn you that any advice has been prepared without taking into account your objectives, financial situations or needs. And because of that, you should, before acting on any advice, consider the appropriateness of the advice having regard to your own objectives, financial services and needs. Where the advice relates to the acquisition or possible acquisition of a particular financial product, you should obtain a product disclosure statement relating to that product and consider the PDS before making any decision about whether to acquire the product. Welcome back to SMSF Mates Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have a very special guest by the name of Tim Johnston from Apollo Capital joining us. Uh, Tim, how are you? Very well, thank you. Very well. Glad, glad to be here. Great. Thanks for coming. And in the studio, I'll go around the table. We've got Ashwin. Uh, this is Ashwin's voice, uh, the accountant in the room. Uh, Gareth. This is the Gareth voice. And this is the Sunny voice. Uh, welcome, Tim. So, Tim, you're from Apollo Capital. Can you tell us a bit about uh, Apollo Capital and, and what, what you guys do and what you do there? Yeah, ab- absolutely. So, many of your listeners will be uh, familiar with yeah, equity funds or, or property funds or infrastructure funds. Uh, we're a crypto fund. So uh, the underlying assets of the funds that we manage are crypto assets. Uh, we've got a couple of, of, of different funds. Uh, but back in 27, 20, 2018, uh, we decided to, to launch uh, yeah, a crypto fund as, a, as an easy way for investors to get exposure to the, the wonderful world of crypto assets. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of pitfalls out there for investing in crypto. There's a lot of difficulties. Uh, research and analysis is, is one part, um, working out what to buy and to, to sell. Uh, but also the other part of that is the, the you know the compliance, the operations, the accounting uh, for trading uh, different crypto assets. So the Apollo Capital Fund uh, is the is, is our flagship fund launched in in February 2018. Uh, so we've been going for about four and a half years now, uh, and that uh, is an Australian unit trust, which is a, a structure familiar to, to many people, uh, and that um, uh, basically has a, an underlying portfolio of of uh, crypto assets, which, as you can imagine, is is highly volatile, uh, goes up and down uh, with with crypto markets. Um, and we have a couple of other strategies and other funds which I can touch on. But, um, yeah, eff- effectively, we, we're a crypto asset investment management firm. Very good. So here comes stupid question number one. Uh, so for a traditional self-managed super fund, uh, trustee may be pretty solid in blue chip stocks or property. Uh, what would be, you know, the reason why they may consider crypto? Not a stupid question, uh, a, a great question, and one I, I like talking to uh, because I, I, I guess personally myself, I've, I've got a background in, in traditional finance. Uh, I'm a CFA charter holder, which is uh, you know, one, one, of the, one of the hardest sort of post-grad financial qualifications. So I've got a bit of traditional finance uh, experience uh, and uh, you know, I fell into this world of crypto and, and, and kind of asked the same question when uh, when when I did fall into the world of crypto. And so I think, I think the, the, the answers are one, return potential. Uh, I mean, crypto is, is highly volatile. It goes up and down, but the return potential is, is clearly there. It has been the best performing asset class over, usually so every time frame. So it hasn't been the, 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 um, the latest time frames, but uh, you know, 10 years, five years, uh, three years, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very exciting asset class with a huge amount of opportunity. Uh, and the return potential has been there, notwithstanding that it's been difficult of late. Um, and then the second one, which is a really interesting conversation, is is around this idea of correlation. So the 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 gold star for a new asset, or including something new in the portfolio, is something that has return potential, but also doesn't correlate with the other assets that might already be in that portfolio. 
Uh, and so the, the, why, the reason I say it's interesting is because historically we've said that crypto doesn't correlate to traditional assets like equities and bonds. Um, but that has changed of late. And certainly the last six months, uh, yeah, everything's gone down uh, and crypto is in- included in that. Um, but we could, I think you still can say that over a long period of time, you know, crypto asset markets are very different uh, and there's you know, very different investors. And so over a longer period of time, um, I guess I'd qualify it now by saying that, you, you know, that crypto assets may not correlate with other assets within the portfolio. And so that, that flows into, uh, you know, there's, there's, Crypto is a very polarizing topic. Some people think it's absolutely fantastic and it's going to solve world hunger. Some people think it's it's the cause of world hunger. Uh, and, and so we, we have a pretty balanced view. And so we, we don't go out there advocating that people should invest 30% or 20% of their portfolios in crypto. Um, but I think serious consideration needs to be given for a 1% allocation or a 2% or, or a 5% allocation. Uh, and with the idea that you know, a, a small allocation can make a difference when, when and if crypto performs very strongly. Uh, but if, if crypto doesn't perform strongly, it's not going to bring the whole portfolio down with it. Cool. So if someone wanted to you know, dip their toe in the water, let's say, um, what considerations, I have to be careful with my choice of words here, what considerations may someone be uh, you know, thinking about if they were looking to invest in crypto in a super fund? Yeah, great, great question. Uh, I think the first question is, exposure to the to the broader asset class and then if you decide that you want that well then what does that exposure look like uh and so starting with the first question is um yeah the 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 first question really is can you can you handle the the risk (laughs) because it is so volatile uh and yeah our fund i think at one stage was down 65 percent so people are putting in you know ten thousand dollars uh yeah eight nine months later it was worth you know three and a half thousand dollars or even slightly less so if, if, if you're the sort of person, uh, and obviously I'm not you know, giving personal advice here, but if, if, if people are likely to, to, you know, to, to, to describe it bluntly, freak out <laughs> if they were to see that, uh, then, then I would suggest that crypto is, is not for them. Um, but if, if, if they put in a small amount, if they realize that it's volatile, no one likes to see it, but if they're prepared for that volatility, um, then I think that's a good start to think further about whether um, they might like to allocate um, to the space. Um, I think then then the question is is uh, the second part as I said is well, well how do you then invest in crypto? And there's so many different ways you can do that now. Uh, I guess most people traditionally start with buying a little bit a little bit of Bitcoin. Uh, there's issues and, and complexities around that within your self-managed super fund, um, and, and we can talk about them if, if you like. Uh, but then you, know, you might get you might want to buy some Ethereum, which is the number two crypto asset. Uh, you might want to buy some more. And so then that question goes into, well, do you want a diversified portfolio? Do you want one or two assets? Or do you want to look at something like, you know, the Apollo Capital Fund, which is a, you know, a, a unit trust and, and a portfolio of you know, 30 to 35 uh, crypto assets under that, which is, you know, we like to think, managed by professional investors. Tim, it's <clears throat> sunny here. I, I think um, with your overlay of traditional finance, there may be some comments around trading crypto versus investing in crypto because i think the investment piece is probably the most important for superannuation and self-managed super funds versus a perception sms trustees might have of you know the additional liquidity or volatility of trading crypto yeah i think trading crypto uh and so to be clear on that if if someone wanted to you know get in one out uh, get in one day out the next in in another asset out the next 
Uh, look, that, I probably don't have a lot to comment on that. I mean, you could do that just as well as in equities or, or other asset classes if that's you know the, the individual style. Um, and and again, you know, whether that's permitted under the self-managed super fund is is, is up to the to the investor. Um, I guess you might say that crypto has some benefits because of the volatility. That that for, for traders, they they it, it does create more opportunities to get in and out and and have larger swings. You know, options traders, for example, options pricing is all about volatility, and 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 crypto is certainly more more tends to be more volatile than, than equities. Um, but you, I think what we sort of touched on is you know, the idea of investing in crypto. As an example for our fund, we, we say that people, well, we recommend that people have an investment time frame of, of at least three years. We don't think it's the sort of asset class that you want to invest and and then you see some volatility and you know, freak out, as I described it before, uh, and three months later go, oh, this is not for me and, and take your money out because anything could happen in three months. Um, so our, 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 you know, we encourage investors to, to take that longer term view. Uh, and, and if you look at our initial investors, it's a perfect example. So our initial investors came in when the fund launched which was at $1, the unit price. Again, at one stage, they were down 65%. Uh, and now the unit price, you know, it got as high as $5 and it's uh, you know, up, up at about $3. Um, so they've, they've tripled their money uh, with a lot of volatility in between and, and there was a distribution there as well. So they were, I would argue, rewarded for their longer term timeframe and, and more that investing mindset, which, are, which I think you're touching on. Cool. We, uh, if we go around the table, do we have, within the room, do we have any crypto investments currently guys or do you have any experience in the space personally or i suppose i i'm probably the most conservative uh tim out of the, out of the lot um in, in this space and it's um probably just my nature um I've, I've got crypto on the basis of um some shares i purchased um and they came with it um and the crypto came with the shares. The crypto came with the shares uh, because it's a crypto-related okay. company. Yeah. Um, so all the, the the company wasn't crypto-related, but then it became crypto-related. Okay. And they offered some um, some crypto that comes over a two-year period in tranches. Um, even though it comes over a two-year period, the volatility um, has been an interesting experience. Um, it's probably the nicest way to say. Um, but. You know, holistically, it's it's, and I like the way you framed it, Tim. From the, you know, maybe it's one to five percent of a, of your holistic view, and that that's probably where I do sit personally um, on those sort of things. Um, is everyone's got to work out their own risk profile and where they where they what they can afford to do and what they can absorb from it. And by dipping your toe in a little bit, and I didn't really risk anything because they came with the shares. Um, I can now have an experience personally on how. Um, how that volatility feels and where I would go further if I was to invest into crypto um, going forward. But at this stage, I'm probably, I'm assuming I'm the least, least invested in crypto. The uh, volatility doesn't do very well on the wife test. Uh, 65% at the dinner uh, table doesn't go down very well unless you fully understood what you were in for. To, yeah, <laughs> potentially. I don't think it's that with, with my, I think it's more me because you, you just feel, you feel like I, I was you looking it. at it too often. And I was looking at it more often than I was my normal shares where I had higher balances. And that was just a mindset thing for me. Yeah, and now now that this correction or adjustments happened recently, I've looked at it less and I'm less. Yeah, so you're, you're refreshing the page. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's more of an emotional thing for me um, and how I look at things. Um, meanwhile, my, my wife, uh, Jodes, uh, Jodes didn't see it at all. She didn't, it's not real. So what do you care? She does now. She does now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's assuming she's listening to this. I, I think that's an interesting point because, you know, 
you're looking at it from a personal investment point of view and understanding you run yourself and super fund as well. But um, <clears throat> like you would in equities, you would traditionally go out and get additional advice or insight. But this is a relatively you know new asset class, um, which should and probably does have a position in the overall portfolio. Um, there's a lot of people out there that will go off and give it a go themselves, right, without the knowledge, and it's such a specialist area, even more so than equities. You know, think about equities when it's, you know, in the early days um, before there was more information and understanding out there. So the need for professional assistance and understanding and, and someone that's looking at investment options day in, day out, um, in my view, is probably even more important in the early stage of a market yeah. like, like crypto. So um, there's professionals like Tim that are out there doing that. Yeah, and I think that really um, mirrors what my experience watching a whole group of mates literally with casino chips. Um, <clears throat> and t- Tim, my, my background is digital marketing in web development, that sort of stuff. So I'm a bit of a you know analytics nerd and like to understand how things work and go digging. There's a lot of casino uh, analogies. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and when I kind of – I learned at some point a few years ago that the exchanges, I think, were making 10 to 15% each way on the transactions, I don't know if that's still the case, you know, the people making the money were the people who ran the exchanges, not not not, yeah. not transaction the, fees. Yeah, and, you know, and 10 15% spreads or whatever, you know, it's it's but saying that crazy monies. Um, Gareth, I think one of the things is you can invest in those exchanges and and, and Absolutely. That's, that, that's where yeah. these professionals like Tim are, are I'm not sure what makes up your fund, but um, I'm sure assuming you can invest in those sort of businesses now and I think Reflecting on what I just said previously, I think the other thing that's probably changed in the last couple of years, for me anyway, is you can't ignore the market cap um, or the valuations of these of these cryptocurrencies and, and there is a market value there now. Um, so there should be some exposure in, from a holistic view mm. and what and measure it up with your risk profile, like Tim mentioned. Does before. anybody know if, you know, your industry super fund, you know, the, the, main, the main pot of Australian wealth is actually invested in crypto? No. I don't know whether... I do. Your time yeah. to talk, Tim. <laughs> uh, no, no that's, 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 that's what I'm, I keenly watch for obvious reasons. Uh, look, look, I'm pretty uh, confident in saying that the, the total allocation so far is, is 0%. Yeah, <laughs> so they've, zero. Uh, they've yeah, interesting. 0%. You yeah, know, they they've, uh, tend to avoid it. Host Plus um, came out. They had an investor day or, or some sort of engagement, and the question was, do you invest in, in crypto assets? And the CIO said, oh, look, we're, we're looking at the space. Um, and, and an interesting analogy, um, one of our uh, advisors at the board level is a professor at uh, Monash University, and um, I think he's, he's also involved in Host Plus, and he had you know, university students come up to him and say, I've, I've changed my super over because of this, <laughs> uh, because yeah, it, it does engage and, and I guess resonate with the, the younger people in particular. Um, but yeah, the, the take up has has been very very slow, and, and I actually used to work at a, at a very large industry super fund. And when we launched our fund, I said it'd be probably three to five years before they start looking at it. And um, you know, four and a half years later, I, I'd probably still say that they're three to five years away. <laughs> yeah, because I mean that that's your big bucket of money that turns up. Mm. You know, so if your market cap's good now, you start throwing hundreds of billions of dollars at something. You know, just by default, it's going to go up, right? You know. But Tim, there was a, um, there's been a lot more institutional backing or support over recent years than historically in the asset class? Absolutely. And again, that's, that's something we watch very keenly. I think the, the Australian super funds are very conservative uh, on, on a global scale. 
but that story of institutional investors of that size avoiding crypto is is consistent on a global scale. I mean, we, we, we do have entrants like uh, Fidelity, um, that have, you know, Fidelity Digital Assets, which is a, a separate division. Um, Goldman Sachs is, is, you know, there's always stories of them, you know, getting involved in crypto in, in, in one shape or form. Um, but we don't have, um, you know, a, a large you know, a number of stories of, um, you know, sophisticated institutional investors, you know, sovereign wealth funds, um, investing in the space. We did have in, in 2017, we had Yale, Harvard, MIT and Stanford endowments investing in crypto and, and done very well. Um, but I, I think it tends to be the um, pools of money that have a bit more flexibility, like the endowments, uh, are a bit more um, you know, risk-seeking uh, than, the, than the conservative type investors that are you know, otherwise described. Yeah, because there's, there's a, a number of ETFs, Tim, and also I guess there's futures like on the i think the cme has a bitcoin future you can trade um on a trading level and and a few other th- are there any uh like etfs or um listed assets locally like on the on the asx there's different types of etfs so there's one that's actually based on and i love the term physical bitcoin <laughs> um which uh is you know, inherently contradictory but that's what that's how we describe it so there. I think there's one or two that is based on physical Bitcoin uh, in Canada, um, but I think the other you know, global developments have been more based on Bitcoin futures. Okay. And so, uh, because you've got all sorts of other ETFs that are based on futures of other assets. And so that's not as a bigger leap for the regulators, but it's not the same thing because you know, futures have high roll costs and you know, are, are always going to underperform the, the actual you know the actual price of Bitcoin. So um, there is a local development which I think might I don't think it's on the ASX. I think it's on um, one of the secondary exchanges in Australia. But I think that's also based on based on futures. There's also a beta shares ETF called Coin C O I N, which is a basket of crypto related companies or other crypto related companies that are listed on other. Uh, global exchanges. So again, that's very different um, to to getting exposure to the underlying crypto assets. So here comes stupid question number two. Um, <laughs> so for someone who was thinking about, you know, say self managed super fund, you know, I like the idea of some crypto, you know, bit of a buzzwordy kind of thing for a lot of people. Um, what would be my options? What 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 can I pick from without this being an out and out um, sales pitch for you? Like what 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 would be my, yeah, my consideration of things that I could choose from? Yeah, so look, I think it comes back to what I touched on before about how, how do you want to get exposure to the space? Do you want to buy one asset like Bitcoin or Ethereum? Do you want uh, a basket of other other assets? I think there, there was a question in in the discussion about what what we invest in. So we invest in crypto assets only. We don't invest in companies. So I guess that's another question of you know, do you want to invest in companies that are within the crypto space or, or the direct crypto assets? So I'll, I'll proceed on the basis of, of talking about direct crypto assets because that's what that's what we do. And I think it's probably you know, more interested in, than investing in companies, which are effectively equities. Um, so, so I think, um, again, I, I, you do need to be careful with, from an SMSF perspective that, that, that investing in crypto assets is contemplated by the, the trustee and, and um, all sorts of other compliance issues because I have heard of stories of people trading them directly uh, within the SMSF and then the SMSF being non-compliant. So obviously you guys would be right across that and, and can't stress that enough that you, you need to check that. Uh, but assuming you can and it's contemplated by the trustee and, and compliance uh, is ticked off, 
Um, you, look, your first option is whether, whether you want to buy Bitcoin directly. To do that, you might open an account with an exchange. Um, there are local exchanges like BT, BTC Markets and SwiftX and CoinSpot. There are large global exchanges like Binance, FTX and Coinbase, which now service the, the Australian market. Um, so, so again, that's another sort of pitfall, can be a pitfall for, for investing in crypto is, you know, which ones are the trusted exchanges uh, and, and then how are you going to store the assets? And these are issues that you just don't need to worry about within equities because it's, it's so easy and, and people are used to it. But yeah, do you want to leave the crypto assets on the exchange? Do you want to transfer them to a, you know, a hardware device? Um, you've got to sort of go through these considerations. Uh, so that that would be option number one is is direct exposure. O- option number two is is to look at uh, you know your, your your ETFs that are available. So I did mention the Canadian one and the Australian one. Uh, look, I think that space is only going to develop more and more and more. Um, and I think that's arguably a reason to be to be bullish because it will open up more pools of capital, both from the you know, particularly in that case from the retail level. But um, another reason to potentially be bullish is is that institutional adoption, which um, you would hope would increase. Uh, and then I guess the third one is, is more of a private unlisted fund. Um, so the Apollo Capital Fund is, is open to wholesale investors in Australia. Um, there are no retail funds of our nature in Australia um, due to some, some regulatory issues. But I think once that ETF piece is, is finalised, which is inherently a retail product, um, that will make it easier for uh, you know, diverse funds like uh, diversified funds like us to to launch you know, a retail equivalent. Cool. Tim, can you give us a, an insight to the the process and complexities in building out a, a crypto portfolio in terms of how Apollo's gone about doing it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the, I touched on a, a few of the uh, you know, the the, um, the issues with investing in crypto and and, and the potential pitfalls. So. The first one is your research and analysis and, and what to buy and what not to buy. Uh, and so even within the top 10 crypto assets, you've got um, what <laughs> uh, I, I'm trying to work out whether I should use the official term, which is called a shit coin. <laughs> so you, you've got you, you, you've got these altcoins or, or um, yeah, I try not to be too, uh, too, too um, crass in my language, but uh, they're, they're basically coins that... <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, they have, you know, they, they, you know, Dogecoin, for example. Dogecoin has been uh, tweeted about a lot about by uh, Elon Musk. Um, I, I can't remember if it's top 10 right now or, you know, certainly top 20. But these assets, they, they run up to billions and billions of dollars worth of value. And everyone knows that they're basically worthless <laughs> um, and that they're meme, meme coins is, is another term. So, um, look, you can invest in them. You could, that might be more suitable for trading. Um, but you know, we, we sort of avoid them pretty strongly. There's other examples um, like Shibu Inu, which is, is a Dogecoin kind of copy. Um, there's other more high-profile examples, which a lot of people disagree with me, like you know, Ripple or a Bitcoin Cash, which um, uh, you know, are probably more legitimate than a Dogecoin, but we would still think you know, investors should, should avoid them. Um, so, so the, the first question is you know, research and analysis. What, what are you going to buy? Um, but, you know, again, not supposed to give personal advice, but I think most people start with, with Bitcoin. Um, it is the biggest, the most well-known, the largest. Um, and it's probably the easiest to understand as well with, with Bitcoin. And, and if uh, the audience is interested, they can go and you know, Google the similarities to, to gold uh, and, and Bitcoin being labeled as digital gold. Um, but unfortunately, I, you know, I have heard you know, a number of stories over the years of people, very sophisticated investors, investing in these coins and you know, taking the kind of same concepts that they're used to in other markets and applying them to crypto, and it, it doesn't actually necessarily work that way. 
Um, so research analysis, working out which assets to buy. Uh, the second thing then is uh, your, your operations. So you know, where are you going to buy them and, and where are you going to store them? Um, so for us, you know, we, we uh, invest, uh, sorry, we store most of our assets on Coinbase Custody, which is probably the leading custodian uh, globally. It's got insurance behind it. Um, and we also use a, um, a, 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 getting a little bit technical here, but um, the way to move the assets around, uh, there's another um, very successful crypto company called Fireblocks, which um, divides up the, the passwords to move crypto assets into multiple passwords so that multiple people can, can sign off to, to move assets around. So, Tim, again, sorry, it, sorry to interrupt, sorry, but yeah. just, just for a point of Go reference for, for people that may not be so educated with this, um, is yep. can you just provide an analogy to say, you know, like if you were holding currency or gold, you know, for example, like, like relate it back to how, how moving USB sticks around and, you know, like to just explain that a bit better. Sure, sure. So how, how we move crypto assets around? Yeah, and, and you know, like if yeah. you imagine someone's typically got a box of US dollars sitting in a, you know, shoebox under their bed, you know, yep. just relate it, use an analogy like that so people can kind of get their head around how crypto assets are stored, stored you know. Stored, yeah, sure, sure. So I, I think, um, look, there's different ways you can do it. And, and the best uh, story I've heard on that is, is just go with what you are comfortable from a technology perspective. Because I could describe the technical technological pure way to do it, but if you're not tech savvy and that doesn't sit well with you, um, maybe just you know, leave the assets on the exchange and let the, let the exchange handle that. Um, but, but what I was um, referring to, uh, what we were sort of talking about with moving crypto assets around is uh, you, you think of it like um, a, an email address uh, and you've got an email address and, and I send you an email. Um, and I'm sort of transferring value just by sending it to a, a wallet, which is a destination, which you know, could be your email address. Um, and to do that, I need a password to, to basically action that transfer. Um, so really storing crypto assets is, is as simple or as complicated as storing a password. Um, and, and in the uh, Firebox example, what we do is we actually cut that password up into three or more pieces and you need multiple people to come together to put that password back together to be able to then send the email or, or transfer the value. So a bit like um, the so new if, codes where you need multiple keys, right, in theory? That's exactly <laughs> right. The, 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 uh, the, the official term is, is keys and, and, and um, yeah, passphrases and, and, and private keys and that sort of thing. So, um, again, if you buy your assets on an exchange and you leave them on the exchange, you don't really need to worry about any of this. You're basically putting your faith in the exchange. Um, that's getting easier these days, but there are very high-profile cases. 2014, there was an exchange called Mt. Gox, which everyone used. It was the biggest exchange globally, and it went under and lost funds. And that happens um, still, um, but less so with you know, some of the prominent exchanges globally. Um, so I was sort of talking about the operational issues, uh, the, the research analysis, the operational issues. Uh, and then the third part um, is the accounting side of things. So if each time you trade from one crypto asset into another or Australian dollars into a crypto asset, uh, it's, it can become an accounting nightmare very quickly. Uh, and there, there are software programs which you know, address these things. Um, but that then comes back to the, the style of investing. If, you, if you're just going to buy a couple of crypto assets, it's pretty easy. Um, if you're going to trade frequently, then um, it can get quite complicated. For us as a fund, you know, we've got a independent administrators which you know, look take care of that uh, and independently verify these things, um, you know, for ultimately for the benefit of, of our investors. Cool. Um, can we touch on, like, I guess, at a 
like a accounting level what needs to happen within an SMSF or your investment strategy or whatever to allow for any kind of crypto exposure? If um, Tim's looking at Ashwin, oh, by yeah, the way, yeah, Tim. staring at him. <laughs> I suppose, look, I think the fir- first thing is obviously um, the trustees need to sit down and make a decision on, uh, on adjusting an investment strategy to allow um, for this, and that, that would either mean reviewing the trust um, deed of the super fund as long as as well as the investment strategy and then make a decision sort of what we've just discussed today to an extent is you know sit down and make an actual holistic plan but then decide are you buying assets um, like the ones mentioned previously or are you looking to buy into a fund and then make sure your investment strategy lines up with that so from Tim's example they're a unit trust need to make sure that the unit trust is listed in your investment strategy and the allocation is, is right. Um, if it's direct funds, then maybe updating the investment strategy to allow for cryptocurrency and then an allocation accordingly from, from a holistic view. That Those would be the steps you'd look at. Um, and, and it is a good point you mentioned. If people do do trading or regular transactions, it's going to add to more accounting costs and just be wary of, the, wary of that, you know, or have a discussion with your accountant before you decide to do it as a trustee so you have an open eye that, the accounting fee might drop by quite a bit because <laughs> you decided to buy, you know, maybe only a thousand dollars worth of crypto, but trade it regularly. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, some people forget transaction costs um, because you get caught in that moment. But then there's the compliance cost that comes afterwards. So, yeah, is is crypto considered a currency in a like a, as a, like what what sort of asset does it actually fall under within you know like at an accounting level I, I would you'd have to go back to the deed so it's it's, it's really your constitution uh, i mean your, your deed rules and with the super fund you're allowed to update that deed and then the investment strategy together so um it all comes back to everyone's got very different deeds and it's st- started with the deed first and the investment strategy to go up with it um but what we normally advise is talk to the auditor of your fund they'll lay out exactly what they they are going to view as meeting their requirements because ultimately they're signing off that you are compliant as well. Um, the accountant's usually just managing the transactions, preparing the reports. It's the auditor that's going to come back and, and make sure it's all cucky t- So I've reached out to our auditor when I've done transactions just to get clarity that I haven't yeah. stepped over anything. Yeah, because yeah, it, it is quite, I guess the point, point is like it, it seems quite complicated and how you how you get the auditor's tick of approval Look, it, is it, very it, complex. It's, it's not overly complex because most people can reach out to the auditor because you haven't done the transaction yet, right? Mm. So if you reach out to anyone before you do something, you're going to get the peace of mind that you've done the right thing as a trustee, right? Yep. So I think trust the advisors around you and reach out for their advice, pay for the advice, but then you've made the decision from that. So yep. you can also engage with a financial advisor to make sure it's all part of your plan as well if you've got one in there because some people get caught up at a, at a barbecue and decide to do something on the rash and then it's then yeah, you've I was got just the buying some coins oh. just so <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, then there's issues that are way more uh, more more problematic like non-compliance or trying to rectify the issue so um, definitely sit down with your advisors um, and make sure it's the right decision first and then then you can do all those updates and those updates generally should be happening every few years anyway um, around the deed and and the trust the investment strategy is reviewed every year by trustees typically so and Tim from a um, <clears throat> excuse me from a fund or an unlisted trust perspective I'd imagine you guys issue tax statements and annual reporting yes absolutely so I, th- I think uh, yeah obviously I'm biased but I think one of the advantages of the fund 
is that you know, we take care of, of all that, um, the accounting and, and some of the other issues that I touched on for, for investors. So uh, as an Australian unit trust, um, we do need to distribute. Best way to think about that is the, is the P&L for the fund or the, the realised trading gains and any income um, for the fund on, a, on an annual basis. Um, so that's not always the case. Uh, if, if we've had sort of losses throughout the year and the crypto markets have been a bit rough, then, then there may be no distribution. Um, but if there is a distribution, then it, it comes with a, a distribution statement. People want to find out more about um, you know, your capital fund. How, how, what should they do? Uh, look, I think best place to start is the Apollo Capital uh, website. So uh, it's apollocap.io. I'll just, just Google uh, Apollo Capital. Um, I think another thing that we do and, and we're big on is just providing education. Uh, yeah, crypto is a really complex asset class. It's a complex topic. Uh, so yeah, a great resource, um, which I think is a great resource anyway, is our weekly newsletter. Um, people can sign up to that uh, at, on the website. Um, and we just provide commentary on markets. We've actually got a webinar tomorrow. Um, we provide, um, yeah, thinking about how crypto fits within the broader portfolio. Um, and we all we try to do it in a balanced view. Obviously, we we, we think that crypto has a has, has a place in the broader portfolio, um, but but we don't sort of you know, beat our chest too loudly and, and, and drum it down your throat like you can find in um, other places of the internet. So um, yeah, look, I think it's, uh, well, the way I started in the space uh, was back in 2017, sort of fell into it, and, and I just put a little bit of money into it. Um, I wish I had to put a lot more, uh, but uh, putting a little a bit of money thing. in. Sort of, <laughs> <laughs> it, it is, but it, it focuses the attention, and then you start to learn a little bit about it, and, um, and yeah, it is a, it's a very, very interesting technology with a, a lot of um, disruptive potential across uh, many industries. Um, so I think uh, learning about it is, is a great way to start. Thank you for joining us once again. If you're interested in our waffle about self-managed super funds, feel free to join us on smsfmate.com.au or search SMSFMate in Spotify.